I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 103. I will turn their mourning into joy, studying Jeremiah chapters 30 through 33 and 36, and Lamentations chapters 1 and 3. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. Alrighty, so we are going to talk about Jeremiah chapter 31, and we're going to focus on three specific scriptures um, that I really love here. So, and I'm actually just going to read them to you. So this is chapter 31, verses 31 through 33. Okay, are you ready? Are you sitting down? Have you pulled out your scriptures? Good. Behold, the days... Come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in that in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of my land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband to them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So this is something that I wanted to talk about because it talks about covenants. It talks about the difference between the new covenant and the old covenants. Now, obviously here he's talking about the law of Moses, right? And then Christ comes, he fulfills the law of Moses. And so then we bump up, we have the newer, the higher law. Um, and I feel like, especially with the current, um, or with the recent, whoops, sorry, my mic is slipping over here with the recent, um, general conference, we're seeing a move towards a higher law. There's less, um, Yes on this, no on this, yes on this, no on this kind of thing, especially with the new for for the strength of youth. And I don't think, I want to say this very clearly, this is my personal opinion, I don't think that the new, um, the new for the strength of youth is like, hey, we don't explicitly say do not get tattoos, so now, by all means, go out and get all the tattoos. I don't think that that's the point. I think the point is, listen... We've made clear what Heavenly Father's stand is on this, okay? Now you get to go choose, right? Look at your body, recognize that it is on loan to you, that it is God's, it is in your stewardship, and make the decisions that are going to best take care of the body that is within your stewardship, right? I think that's the whole point, right? This this is a higher law. And one of the things I want to point out is that With the law of Moses, um, it's very specific. It's very much an outward law, right? Where it's kind of like we have this with, um, with our current covenants, right? The baptism, baptism is a very outward, um, covenant. It's something everybody can watch you make that covenant. Everybody can watch you go under the water and then come right back up. We just had my nephew's baptism today. And so that's why it's on my, the forefront of my mind. Um, but when you go into the temple, right, not everybody can watch you, um, receive your endowments, right? The only person, the only people that are in the initiatory with you are the other, are the workers and yourself, right? Your, your mom isn't in there with you. Your dad isn't in there with you. If you're a man, you know, like you're in there alone with the workers and the, um, initiatory happens. 
and covenants are made. And then you go into um, the rooms for making your covenants for um, receiving your endowments. And again, there are other people around you, but this isn't like an anybody can show up kind of thing, right? They're, they have to be endowed members, worthy members of the church in order to come to have a, they have to be worthy temple recommend holders in order to come and watch this. And this is again, still very quiet, very inside type things, even like our garments, right? There's something we wear underneath our clothing. Now, obviously if I'm wearing clothing that like, you know where garments typically sit and you're like, <laughs> um, your garments are not inside that bikini top, right? Um, but again, that's, it's an inward thing, right? If I'm always walking around in t-shirt and jean and long jeans, no one can tell whether I'm wearing them. It's, it's a me and God thing, right? It's an inward, um, well, if I'm naked with my garments on, it's an outward expression, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's an inner, it's an inner thing. Um, and so the old covenant was, again, it was very outward, right? Anybody could go, um, and had the capability. Now, obviously they would like, well, only specific priests. And if you're a Levite, then you can do it kind of thing. There were, um, rules around who could offer or who could actually sacrifice the bull ram that doesn't have any spot and offer it up as a burnt offering to God. But anybody could buy the ram and bring it to them and say, Hey, I want to make this offering and then allow the people in charge of doing that to do that. Right? Like you could be a bad guy, have a hard heart and maybe not a bad guy, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could have a hard heart and not believe anything that you're preaching and be a horrible person and be making all these terrible, terrible decisions and still offer up the bull ram and like, look, everybody, look, I'm being righteous. Right. And everybody thinks that you're righteous because you're doing this thing. Right. Um, you can, you can keep up appearances, so to speak. And I think that there, there's still ways to do that in the gospel now, but the sacrifice that we are asked to give right now of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, like Maybe outwardly you can fake that to other people, but you can't fake that to God, right? You can't fake that to Jesus Christ. He knows. Um, and so I think it's a higher law. It's a higher level of covenants um, that we that we live by now, right? Um, and I think that something that's really interesting is there's a lot of things I think that people try to keep up appearances and, and different things um, and like it's easy, I think, to kind of get stuck in a rut of doing the motions, forgetting that the whole purpose of the motions is to bring us unto Christ. Um, but when we really allow Christ to change us from the inside out, then the outward things that we are asked to do, like our ministering, magnifying our callings, et cetera, et cetera, actually become more second nature and actually become very, like a lot easier for us to do because we align with Christ. Our hearts are aligned and they're turned to God through Christ, right? And so it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easy. I think that there's always going to be things that get in the way. There's always going to be things that make life harder, right? Hello, Satan. Um, but it becomes easier to prioritize those things in our life. The more that we go to the temple, the more we want to be in the temple, right? Um, Jake and I had a really cool experience, um, yesterday of getting to go to the temple. I posted this on, um, my social media. I'm, off social media until November. Um, but I posted this on my social media that we had the opportunity to go and get sealed 
together on behalf of my grandparents, on my grandpa Palmer, um, who was my grandpa growing up. And then my grandma Palmer, who I never met, she died when my dad was about 17 years old. And so I never actually got to meet her, um, on this side of the veil. And, um, it was a really cool experience to get to seal them together. And almost immediately after coming home, I was like, okay, whose work can we do next? What work needs to get done next? Hey, Jake, when's the next time we can go to the temple? I wanted to be back there because it was such a cool and powerful experience for me to go to the temple for somebody I, I actually knew. Like I had been to the, I've done temple names before. I've done the temple names before. I've done my family's names before, but I've never actually gone for somebody I physically knew on this side of the planet on this side of the earth or the veil. And it was such an incredible experience that like, it just, it just connected me more so to my family and to the temple and really kind of lit that fire for me. Like, okay, when's the next time we can go? Um, and I think that like is going to breed like, so if you're in your scriptures and you're really digging deep into them, you're going to want to be in your scriptures more. If you're really digging deep into temple work, you're going to want to be in the temple more. If you're really digging deep into your ministry, you're going to want to be ministering more. And I love that it's designed like that, right? That Heavenly Father knows that as human beings, when we build momentum into something, especially something that fills us up in that way, um, we're going to keep wanting to, to keep it going, right? And sometimes it can be hard to get that momentum going, um, if something happens, it kind of stops it. I feel like 2020 kind of brought everything to a screeching halt and it's been kind of hard to get our wheels, get that traction again to keep, to get going again. Um, but once you get it, it's really, it's really great to have that. Anyway, so it's just something I want you to keep in mind, right? I will turn their morning into joy and I want you to think about how can us keeping our covenants, right? Keeping our offering, our broken heart and our contrite spirit and keeping the covenants, our baptismal covenants, the covenants we made in our initiatory, the covenants that we make as part of the endowment, all of that, all of our temple covenants and our baptismal covenants, how does keeping our covenants help turn our mourning into joy? And I can tell you right now from going to the temple that I always thought of, like I have a very clear picture in my mind of what I think spirit prison looks like versus spirit paradise. And, um, my grandma Audrey's work has been done for a long time. My, my parents did that when they were still active in the church. Um, and so I like to think of my grandma Audrey being on one side of that. I like to think of her being in the spirit paradise of the things. And then grandpa, without his work done prior to his work being done, he was on the spirit prison side of things. He couldn't, he could see them, but he couldn't actually get to them. He couldn't actually interact with them. Like, and I don't know, I could be totally messing this up. This is just how it works inside my head. Um, maybe the idea that they could come visit him, but he couldn't go visit them kind of thing. I don't know. But as soon as he had his work done, they got to hang out together, but there was still kind of this separation there, right? Grandma and grandpa weren't actually married. They weren't actually together because they had been married civilly. But then when we sealed them together and married them for time and all eternity, then all of a sudden they just like clink and like linked up and got to be together again. And I just love that image. Um, and how our covenants can turn that mourning, that longing, this thing that was so sad that grandma and grandpa have been separated since my dad, my father, who is now 62, 
Well, actually, he'll be 62 in November. Um, since he was 17, my grandma and grandpa have not been together. I can't do the mental math on that, but I can tell you it's a lot of years. It's over 50 years. I can tell you that much. Um, and so I think just maybe it's not over 50 years. It's at least over 40 years. They've, they've been separated for so long and now finally they get to be a get to be together again because of these covenants and because we took the time to take them, their names to the temple. And I just think it's beautiful. All right. I'll talk to you next week.